Oh, you have a halo on the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I decided today that's my filter because that's nice. how I feel. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Welcome to All Season the Podcast. It's another episode with Stacy and Patrick. That was the fastest you said your name. Congratulations. I finally remembered my name. You finally remembered your name. And we're here with a guest. Patrick, would you like to introduce? Absolutely. All the way from New York City or wherever she is today. She's been bouncing around quite a bit. I would like to introduce Lauren Goldberg, the regional sales manager at AFR Furniture Rental, my BFF. That's awesome. Right. We go back. Thank you guys for having me. We do go back. I was thinking about it yesterday about when we first met. You were still at another company. You're in Florida, in South Florida. Remember we were at a NACE event. It was like a really cool, kind of swanky NACE event. That was a really fun night. We got to know each other. We just hit it off ever since through all of her moves and everything. We've just stayed in touch and we see each other at WCs and all sorts of other events. And I follow her and she's great. Well, you're great. I mean, you, I love following you. You always have the best energy and you always have such a positive outlook on everything. And I admire that you. So I'm honored and humbled to get to be on here with you guys. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, you know, we could talk about that one time in Vegas, but I don't know. Isn't that like their whole commercial? Like cut Rocky cut. (laughs) At one time at Rendezvous. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start by telling people a little bit about you, your path through the industry, your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I think people should know that I did not go to college. It's something I'm actually really proud of because I worked really hard and I kind of fell into the events industry because I used to live in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I would plan these like exuberant birthday parties for myself every year. <laughs> and it would have a theme and everybody would have to dress up. And every year they'd be like, when's your birthday party? When's your birthday party? And I was like, wait a minute. I think I got a thing for this. And then I started working with some local companies and was doing fundraisers and fashion shows and all this. And I decided I'm ready to leave Virginia. I'm ready to kind of spread my wings, do my thing. And I went to Miami. I ended up getting a job with So Cool Events, which is where I was at when you and I met Patrick. I'll never forget my first event down there was like for Halloween. Do you know Kelly Raymer? Yeah, she was at Joy Wallace. Yes. She always stands out to me as one of my first clients because I remember she called me and she was like, oh, we do this big party at Vizcaya. And I was like, what's Vizcaya? And she's like, you don't know Vizcaya? (laughs) And that's how I got introduced. This guy is this antique mega mansion in Miami from like the 30s and 40s. The entire thing was brought over from Italy and literally brick by brick. It's this big stone mansion and they rent it out for events and everything. It's great. Anyway, keep going. The most beautiful garden. Yeah, it's like awesome Beautiful, gardens. beautiful space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of dove into the industry in Miami and then um, some life happened, which kind of interrupted my world. And that caused me to relocate to New York City. And then that's where I worked for a destination management company for a year. We did a lot of international work, which was amazing and a great learning experience. And then I joined the team over at AFR and became the regional manager. And this is the first year in probably six years that I have not been flying every week. So it's been kind of nice to... Wait, did you do events at the Intrepid? Yes. I worked with you at the Intrepid. Shut up. That you worked with Brittany? Oh my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. I, I know your face more than just the WC. Yes. There you go. Yes. This is like the 10th person that, oh, I know you from the Intrepid. I, I feel like I need to go to the Intrepid now because I feel like everybody's been to the Intrepid but me. You absolutely need to go to the Intrepid. <laughs> it's a great space. One of my good friends did a huge production on the Intrepid, like a dance event with a really big DJ, and they did it on the top deck. And you have these amazing city views. Yeah. It's an amazing space. You should definitely go, Patrick. That's so funny. Yep, yep. I was like, wait a second. Wait a <laughs> second. I love Brittany. Brittany's one of the first people I got to work with in New York City, actually. Nice. Oh it's so God. funny how so full funny. circle that is. So that's my story and how I ended up in New York and kind of started my path. So what's your current market? Because you're the regional sales manager. So what do you cover? A lot. <laughs> I, I would have to imagine that you're one of the larger market shares in the AFR universe. Like Nandy, who obviously has you know South Florida, mm-hmm. a few of the other big ones that I know. But you have to be dominating with a pretty massive market. So Mandy works as like an account executive for Florida. And my job is kind of overseeing the sales teams and the markets that I manage. We go out and do meetings together. We do strategic thinking together, all the things. I support the sales team, really. So I manage the team from Boston to Philadelphia, D.C., Seattle, down to San Diego, Phoenix, and Orlando. Wow. Yeah, so I'm all over the place. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to connect the dots here and how this all works. Yeah. But you know, it really works out because I've been blessed enough to live in almost all these markets because mm-hmm. I grew up a Navy brat. My stepdad was in the Navy. So I lived in San Diego. I lived in LA. So you know it all. So I know a lot of the markets. You know, I feel at home wherever I go. I'm looking at your background, right? And you've gone from small boutique hotels to large properties. Now you're with AFR. I know that some people have a challenge jumping like that. Like for example, working at the Intrepid, I'm like, oh, that was the best thing for me. I had to load in using a bomb elevator. Our dance floor was a flight deck. Like you had to work around planes. You have to use the pulley system to get stuff up there. Girl. I think the hardest part of the transition was that I always did sales and I always did the creative in my positions. And going in this position, I was really just manager focused. Mm -hmm. It was a transition to kind of reset my mindset to encourage my sales team to kind of think the way that I used to think in a way or encourage them to think in a strategic manner in their way, I should say. So my biggest challenge was really trying to find my creative outlets to make sure that I kind of kept that going for myself because I'm very creative. I'm a Pisces. Me too. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that was definitely the hardest part was finding the creative outlets for myself. And honestly, up until COVID, have I really been able to dedicate myself to my creative outlets? I'm working on a blog and I'm working on things that I've procrastinated with because I didn't have time for it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm grateful for the time that I've been able to invest in myself right now. So it was definitely a transition. It was more of getting out of the direct mind sales set to being more of a support and a leader and an encourager to other people to do their best. Yeah, it is definitely hard. As you grow in your career, you're like, but I still want to do the hands-on and get in there and be moving chairs and get dirty. And you kind of like, no, that's not my role anymore. I do still get excited when I get to do that with the teams, though. You know, like 
I could show you guys. I had to do this at my first job in Miami. was so cool. I was my own everything. I did quotes yeah. on Cypher events. I was yeah. doing the things, you know? So it's nice to be able to do that stuff. That experience, that's so cool. You know, Lauren, I had a similar experience at a small boutique company, furniture rental company in, mm-hmm. in South Florida as well. Prior to that, I was at a bigger corporation. Then I went to this very small boutique company where you had to literally do everything. I was literally mm-hmm. helping the guys pack the trucks, going through the list. So I, I was not only the front salesperson, but then I was the operations person, scheduling the deliveries, getting these people out on site, directing the setup, making sure the pickup was happening. Then I would go home and crash. And then the next day, you know, you're back into sales meetings. You're lucky if you get to go home. I mean, you're literally doing everything. <laughs> but as much as that was exhausting at the time, I do look back at that time. And I love the chaos of it. And I kind of miss some of that very hands-on dirtiness. But at the same time, I have a better appreciation of how that made me a better person in the role that I am today because I understand all of that. Yeah, exactly. Agree with that 100%. The best leaders are the people that were doing those things. I'm always reminded of that graphic of that person standing on the thing, you know, and the leaders like pointing saying, oh, pull this. Or there's the one where the leader's in front of everybody pulling the rope with everybody saying, let's go. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Am I the only one that doesn't know this graphic? Why am I like trying to picture? I know you know this graphic. You just can't picture it. It's used in every corporate slideshow where they talk about leadership. It's like a boss says, do this. Whereas a leader says, how can we do this? Yes. All right. Got it. See, Patrick with his hands and doing all that. I was like, I don't understand what he's trying to do. So let's talk about it. Obviously, things have changed. Mm -hmm. We can all assume that there's been layoffs and furloughs. How has Mm -hmm. your company worked through this in a positive way? I think the thing that stands out the most to me is that we're taking it back to sales 101. And I appreciate that. And I value that. Before we would be so busy, we would get an email and we would just respond to the email, send a quote, be done with it. Now somebody sends in a quote, our teams are picking up the phone and having conversations, building that foundation and having those conversations with clients and letting them know that we understand we're going to work with you. We'll do what we can to, you know, support you on this. I like that. I appreciate that. I always valued mom and pop businesses. And I feel that AFR, even though we're a corporate company, we still are a mom and pop business. Our owners still sit in the offices. They have open doors. They're always willing to support their teams in any way they can. So it's nice to know that we still have that personal touch. And I think it goes a really long way. And that's the thing that I've been the most humbled by through my company during this experience. That's so important too. It's already a shock to your system. Yeah. We talked about this in the last episode, in a couple episodes, the guilt. The survivor's guilt. Survivor's guilt. Yes. Being the one left with a position. And if you don't have that company support there to help you get through that, it only gets worse. That's really positive to hear that the owners are still there. It's open door. You've guys gotten, I guess, more personal with the customers that you have. You're taking time to really get to know their needs versus... Let me push this out to you and that's it. Exactly. And the survivor's guilt, I say that all the time. I do feel guilty. I lost my entire sales team. I lost working with my people that we've been doing so much work together and building towards. We were on track for this amazing year. And then boom, the date that stands out to me is March 15th. That's it. Where everything kind of changed. I had to question myself. And then that's when my whole mindset changed where 
now my goal is to just do everything I can to get our teams back. I want our people back. I want everybody back working and doing what they love. That was actually leading into my next question. So bringing people back and trying to work towards that. Every day it's different. We're lucky we have some great people that are back right now working. I can say in regards to trends, I do feel like everyone is talking about Q2 really being the return. Q4 really being where we start to see the steady business coming back. That makes me hopeful. But in regards to where AFR really stands with bringing their people back, I don't really know if I can talk too much about that. And I can just say that we're definitely hopeful that Q2 is going to be the return and hopefully q one's the buildup to that. I know that's how we're planning too. Yeah. We're doing so much virtual right now. I'm actually in the middle of putting together a deck to my powers that be that shows like all the virtual things that we want to do. But everything that I'm doing now for the Q1 I'm framing as a teaser for Q2 in person. Yep. We all miss getting in there and hugging people or moving chairs and choosing food and beverage menus again. I miss being freezing cold in the ballroom. (laughs) (laughs) I miss walking out of a meeting and being like, we just nailed that meeting. Like we just killed that meeting. I miss that kind of rush. I can't wait to get that back again. The first couple of events that come back, we're blowing budgets, man. (laughs) Totally. Without a doubt. We are going hard on the first event. Absolutely. I agree with that. So how the team that you have now, how are they dealing with everything? What's the mood with your team? Our team right now inspires me every single day. You know, I think we all have our good days and our bad days. And they are always trying to find ways to stay relevant on social media and keeping up with postings. They're always trying to think of ways to do different types of client reach outs. They're constantly trying to find new leads and other markets for all of us, you know, to kind of just support one another. I have so much respect for every person that's on this team right now, because I think another thing people don't talk about is, yes, we're blessed that we still have jobs, but there's a mental mind game that comes with that also. I don't think people really realize that. So, you know, it's encouraging to see that these people are all able to stay focused and challenge themselves. And when they have a bad day, they also say they're having a bad day. And I feel like it's made us all better communicators. And I think it's also made us all a little bit more empathetic and understanding when we're not having a bad day. That's okay. Just have your bad day. And then hopefully tomorrow is a better day. 100. We talked about that too. Yeah, you have a job. You're so great. But let's face it, we're all watching the news and listening to what's going on in each state and watching numbers rise and watch it go down. And is there a vaccine? Is there not? Are people going to take it? Are they not? And it's like, what does that mean for me? I might have a job today and not tomorrow. Right. It's rough. We were talking about this before, being able to communicate with your manager, with your superior. If you have that open line, it helps tremendously. On top of that, huge advocate here for therapy. Yes. Whether it's talk space or in-person therapy, virtual therapy, whatever it is, if there's ever a time that you just need to kind of talk it out, and get it out there. It is now. That makes me think, you know, we do do like a bi-weekly call with our teams to talk about strategies where we are, yada, yada. And then there's times where we as managers are like, let's just have an open conversation and ask our teams, how are you? How do you feel today? How do you feel this week? I love how open and honest the team is about where they are. Yeah. You know, last year, this time, we wouldn't have been able to have these conversations. No. Nope. Now we can have them. And I hope it's something that stays around because I think that's an important question to ask your people often. How are you? How do you 
feel? Where are you struggling? What can we do to help you, whether it's personal, professional, whatever? I really appreciate that we've been able to create that dialogue in our teams. We talked about this in our session just at MPI this year is that so often we're taught to keep the emotional out of work. Yes. You're not supposed to ask about feelings. You're not supposed to cry or show anger. And especially as women, be very factual, right? Definitely yes. don't show emotions. But this time has proven the exact opposite. We are all going through it. And it's kind of like not addressing the elephant in the room. If you don't ask, how are you doing? Sometimes people do need a mental health day or a mental health hour. I took off one day for Thanksgiving. So Wednesday and we had Thursday and Friday. And Wednesday, it was awesome. Yeah. You don't realize how much you need to sometimes just disconnect and enjoy the nothingness. Yes. Girl, I played Animal Crossing. I <laughs> watched Disney Channel Plus cartoons. Yeah. That's a raven. And I, and I just needed that complete disconnect from the world. And it was such a good reset. But I also have a manager that I can speak to. I have direct report that we have a very open conversation. She's like, I am tired. I'm going to log off for an hour. And I'm like, do you boo? Yeah. Take your time. Do that. So it's really important that we respect that and we honor that with our teams. I've said this from day one when all this started. I would not be opposed to our futures being a month off in life. Why can't we just close the world for a month like they do in Europe and they take, you know, CFs for a month and holidays? I value that. I've taken more time off, which has probably only been a total of five days since this has started. Yeah. Time off than what I would have done had this not happened. Right. And me just saying, you know what? I just need to take a break. Like yeah. you said, decompress, not think. I try to do that on Sundays. Now I try to make my Sundays my day that I don't look at emails. You have to, and it's okay. The world right. is going to end if you don't look at your emails. Exactly. And that's what we have teams in place for. I appreciate the calmness and the moments of still that we've been able to have this year. Jake, I don't know about you. I feel like you're always going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I have taken some time. Some of it was pushed from my significant other and it was worry about you. You need to take this phone away and go break some leaves in the yard or do something else or whatever. Just yeah. get your mind straight. Absolutely. I tell everybody probably once a week, I have the discussion where our taking care of ourselves is our top priority right now. Your mental health, your physical health, all the things we have to take care of ourselves right now. Let's talk about what you're doing to keep the morale up on your team. What are you doing? What's some cool things that you're doing with your employees? Well, we are going to have a holiday virtual party on the 23rd. So we're really excited about that. We've done some happy hours together. Like I said, I think the biggest morale booster is having our open conversations. Because I feel like when one person hears somebody else's struggle, that they share their stories about how they maybe overcame something. So I really feel like that has really helped the morale and just having the honest conversations. Now looking towards 2021 and trying to put plans in place is also getting people excited because we're like, oh, great, we're going to be able to get back to doing what we really love, which is live events. I feel like everybody's excited for the year to get over so that we can focus on 2021 and moving forward. So you were talking earlier about we'll start to see things coming back on Q2, but really hopefully Q3 and Q4, we start killing it. I actually just had a conversation with my boss today and we're not sure when it's going to happen, but we're definitely feeling the same thing that you guys are feeling, which is that there's going to be a surge when it does come back. With that said, what 
has AFR done or have you seen done to have an innovative new stream of revenue while this has been going on? Something that I think a lot of people don't realize is we have a lot of different segments. We have a commercial segment, which does offices. We have a residential segment that does staging. We work with apartment communities. The residential has really been a really big support for us during this time. So when all the nurses and doctors were going to different cities, we were getting those phone calls to help furnish apartments for them so they would have apartments to stay in. I did not know that you did that. Exactly. So we're very fortunate that we didn't really have to pivot, which I personally hate that word. We just had to enhance (laughs) our other segments and kind of push those. We also have retail centers across the country, which has been very good for us too, where we've been doing big sales to get rid of products that has been in our racks for years. So now it's been the perfect time to push that. Wait a second, decor stuff? We got all the things. You have one in Tahoe, Truckee, Reno, that area. You can go on Facebook and look up your local AFR clearance center, like whatever city you think you're closest to, like Dallas, uh, Miami, Secaucus would be New York. Just let me know and I can send it to you. We've been having these big sales and they've been really great for AFR and definitely not something that we were used to doing before, but we're doing it now and it works. We're retail now. I know. But you know what? Here's the thing, too. You guys had to change direction because I'm not using the P word. It changed direction very quickly. And I know that was probably a huge mindset. You guys are a rental company. It's in your name. And Mm -hmm. what are we doing? And I'm sure there was a bit of resistance there at first to do something like that. But it just shows you if this year is not the year of changing direction. This is the year. What's that quote that I like? It's like the key to success is keeping the same goal, but flexible in your methods. Mm. I feel like this has been that year because yes, a lot of us have had to redirect, but that doesn't mean that we're not still going for our same goals. It just means that we're going to be a little bit wiser and a little bit more knowledgeable and learn something new in the process. When I came out here to Seattle, the first thing I started doing was residential meetings. I've never done residential meetings. I don't know what I'm doing, but I did it. But I learned more about our company. I learned more about the residential world and how that works. And I enjoyed it. And now I can say when this is over that I did something new. I challenged myself Mm -hmm. something different. And almost all of our team has had to do that. And again, it just makes us a little bit more humble and just a little bit wiser. Yeah. Make sure that you update your resume, put that on there. (laughs) It's actually funny. And for some of our listeners out there who have been doing the virtual programs and everything, these are new things in your toolbox that you guys have been adding. So Make sure that people know or keep that skills section updated. Damn yeah. right. <laughs> that toolbox. That all is just helping you in your future. Let's talk about 2021. It's right around the corner. We kind of touched upon it in the beginning. We know that Q1 is going to be still remaining virtual. But what do you see for later on? We think what's coming back in Q2. Are you guys preparing for any trends in terms of whether it's setup or entertainment? What are you guys preparing for? I think the biggest trend that you guys nailed on your discussion about WEC is acrylic, over acrylic. (laughs) (laughs) The dividers, the social distancing layouts. Luckily, our marketing department is awesome. And as soon as this hit, they immediately put together this amazing deck with social distancing. That's been a great help to many of our clients and just kind of that. My biggest question is when we get to Q3, Q4, are people still really going to be 
social distancing? Or are we going to be ready to go full steam ahead and get back to hugging and connecting and having that personal connection with people? That's something I question, but I do think that the dividers are definitely going to be big. I think that the social distancing is still going to continue through 2021 just for comfort levels for people. I think the rapid testing I feel a couple of ways about that. A lot of people are talking about at the events or trade shows, there's going to be the rapid testing, but we also have to remember there's a lot of people out there that aren't going to do that. So are yeah. we think as an industry to just say, then you can't be a part of this anymore. So I don't know what that's going to look like. Question, when you guys went to WEC, did you have to get tested? No. No, which I thought was weird. Yeah, we just filled out a medical form that basically said I wasn't in contact with anybody with COVID. I haven't been in any group things. So it's kind of like a trust thing. At the same time, I mean, I could have gotten it on the plane on the way over there. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. They did the temperature check nonstop, which I hate to sound like the Debbie Downer, but the majority of people that have this don't have a temperature. So they did their yeah. best and good for yeah. them. But I agree with you. I feel like maybe people should have had a test before going or had rapid tests on site. Before I fly home next Friday, I have to have a within a three-day negative COVID test. So I'm surprised to hear that WEC or any other show for that matter wouldn't implement something along those lines. At the time, yeah, that's something that they could have done. But at the time, it wasn't something that states were doing yet. So I could see how it wasn't on their mind. Right now, with the second rise, states are tightening up. Because when we had gotten to WEC, maybe just that week, did they say that Dallas was another hotspot again? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which made us go. Oh, Uh, (laughs) you're like, huh? Okay. Listen, I didn't go to some events. I was like, Patrick, I'm staying right here in this room. I went right downstairs. I was like, hello, can you please give me your bottle of the finest wine you have? Also, I need vodka. (laughs) I came back and did the test before going back in the office for some shows that we had, but necessarily mandated. That's pretty interesting. I wonder what that is going to look like. If I had to do a prediction on 2021, I think that. Although there is hope that maybe the end of 2021, we're back to giving hugs and possibly taking off masks. I think that everyone truly enjoys the space that they have Mm -hmm. at events. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be a trend that stays, whether it's individual seating or less people at rounds and larger spaces. I think that's going to be something that stays. And it's interesting. I was saying to my team that, you know, as we plan for May, Especially with that being our comeback, if you want to put it that way, right? right? I don't want it to look cheap. Right. I don't want it to be, here's your ballroom chairs that we're just putting out and that's it. If we're going to do this, it should look like we put thought into this, that we actually care. And you see some of these setups and they're not fully unique. We have done love seats before. We have done individual seating before, but now it's going to become part of that norm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that trend is going to stay there longer than the distancing will stay. Yeah, I agree with that. We do have some clients that are like, oh, can we get a quote with love seats and sofas? And we'll quote it. And then they come back and say, actually, can we change it to chairs? Because now we're thinking about social distancing. Right. So I do think that's definitely going to be a thing. You know, one trend that I do think is going to happen, which I'm also okay with, I'm a big music junkie. I love music. I love live music. I miss music so much. Like I can't even express it. (laughs) But I hope that Coachella, EDC, all those 
Go back to being a smaller platform. I feel like they were just so big, just such an informal experience, no matter what. I got no problem with making things a little bit more intimate again. Maybe concerts are back in the small concert venues and it's more of an intimate experience. I hope there's a trend that happens when live music comes back and it stays like that. I think it was in UK where they started to do mini platforms to people. And I really honestly feel like that trend is here to stay for longer than this is. And I'm not mad at that at all. Not even a little bit. I am totally here for it. There was um, a house music event that happened in the UK and they did the corrals, you know? Yeah. I have no problem with that. I'll pay extra for that all day. Hell yes. This is my old ass loves my space like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. End up with those youngins right there. Like, I don't want you bumping into me and spilling your drink on me. Like, I'm just trying. Uh, in my bubble. I'm and, fine with that. Now I got to give you stank face so you know that I was not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I personally hope that some of the spacing does stay because I don't know if it's just me. I, I'm weird, whatever, but I don't like being in the middle of a big, big crowd. I don't like that. Like when it's tight and suffocating. Yeah. That's not no. me. So some of these events that we've been doing over the years and they've gotten more and more extreme where this ballroom is meant to hold 800, 900 people in rounds. We could squeeze 1,200. We're going to get 1,200 in there, plus the stage, plus the dance. And you're like, whoa, you went from six feet in between tables to where now the chairs literally hit each other when you try to get out of a chair. There's many a shows we've been to before, Patrick, where they crammed us in like sardines and yes. ate every minute of it. And it's horrible. Yeah. Look at the way we were living before. And you're like, ew, we were nasty. Like, ew, yeah. I love the buffet now where they got servers and they're serving yeah. food. Everything's all covered because, man, I've been to many events, events that I've planned. And I look over and people are just all with their hands oh, and they're no. just grabbing everything or they're touching the bread to make sure it's soft. And let me tell you, one of my favorite things at events as the event manager is to get my meal first. Yeah. <laughs> That buffet comes out and I'm like, can you not serve me off the buffet? You can make it look crisp and clean for everybody else. But I would like my meal now. 100%. Like I get in the mail. I'm like, okay, now you can put this covered, put this over here. I'll make sure everyone eats and I'll come back to it. Like, Because it's just like, oh, we were nasty. It is. It's really <laughs> gross when you think about it. It really is nasty. I got no problem with masks. I'm a germaphobe. So I'm oh, totally yeah. for this forever. It's funny because being on airplanes flying a lot like you guys, prior to COVID, it's like, man, during flu season or whatever, you're on an airplane and somebody sneezes behind you and you're like, oh, crap. And you used to look at the people that were wearing masks and you're like, oh, what's up with those weird people? But now I'm thinking I might be that freak going forward on airplanes. Absolutely. That air is being recycled. Listen, I... Two things. It's kind of paprika, but not. I'll give you a bonus segment. One, I was in Costco and I almost bought myself a 10 pack of face shields. And I was like, how do I travel with these face shields? Like, I'm going to figure that out. Two, on my way to WC, this lady took a yellow garbage bag, sat down. She had her gloves. She had everything. She reached into her purse and she took a yellow garbage bag, put it over herself, poked a hole in it. So that she could drink and eat. And then it took her a while to get off the plane because she couldn't maneuver her hands because it was like T-Rex hands because she didn't have any space. And she couldn't get her bag. So she made the flight attendant reach up to get her bag. And then she got her bag and she came off. And right when she was on a jet bridge, she stopped traffic because she had to take off her garbage bag now that she was off the plane, fold it, stuff it back into her purse, which I got questions about that. Yeah. I can't. (laughs) 
But I was just like, like we're all standing there, like what? So I'm all about safety during a pandemic, all of this craziness. I'm all about the German folks. I'm all about all of that. However, I will have to say there are some people that are going to be more comfortable than others. And some people have no business traveling or doing whatever. If you're that scared, just stay home. Please. Just stay home. Like I said, I was probably on the road three weeks out of the month before this happened. And I used to get sick all the time. Yeah. And now I can't. Like, this is the time of year everyone gets sick. And I'm like, let me feel that nasal drip. I'm going to think I'm dying. So I'm all year like, nope, not today, Satan. Not today. I'm drink my lemon ginger tea. I'm going to take my zinc. Well, I can't really take zinc because that messes with my wine tasting. But I'm going to take my meds and all that. But no. mm -mm. And these are the little things that I'm actually okay with. The mask and stuff. Delta has been amazing. I've been flying Delta this whole time. Delta is my, like, yeah. Love it. So March 2021, I'm all about it. And keep your status and keep working. Listen, I'm a Delta girl. Like, I'm a Delta hoe. Yeah, me too. Me too. We're loyal. Mm Mm-hmm. Patrick's over there. I know you fly American. Mm-hmm. Patrick, you? Well, I mean, come on. Where I live, mm-hmm. it's American hub down here. If I go Delta, I got to connect to go anyway. Take the connecting flight. Like- <laughs> I fly to Dallas a lot and that's direct. I fly to New York a lot. That's direct. Reno's actually starting to add a couple more Delta direct flights. They just added a LAX flight direct and they have one to Atlanta that's going direct. But you tell me to connect five times to stay on Delta. I'm doing yeah, it. It's Listen, Patrick, it. you need to get your life right. Yeah, yeah, priorities. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I do want to change gears a little bit and go into your involvement with the Ronald McDonald House of New York. Oh, girl. I am a a board of associates member for the Ronald McDonald House. My eight-year-old brother passed away four years ago, December 8th, from neuroblastoma, which is a pediatric And when he would go to New York for treatment, before I lived there and while I was living there, they would stay at the Ronald and they loved it. And they had the most amazing experiences and memories. So I decided to help keep my brother's legacy alive by becoming involved with the house. I am on year four now of being on the board. I am also excited because with my move to Chicago, I am going to get involved with the Chicago house. Oh, cool. I'm going to stay on the board with the New York house as well. It's a very important cause to me. There's so many families out there that are fighting every day. And during COVID, we did a call together as a team when this first started with the Ronald. And when COVID first started, they only had 15 families at the house. And that inspired me to send dinner to them. So luckily with the support of my amazing social network. We raised enough money to have two meals delivered to the Ronald. And then yesterday, my dad and I just delivered uh, dinners to the house also. That's awesome. Yesterday was pretty special because I didn't realize they were doing the lighting of the house for the holidays. Everybody was super excited about the lighting, but then they also were excited that we sent them some really awesome pizza and lasagna and stuff. The kids said it was the best night ever because they got the Christmas lighting and they got the pizza. I think another thing that's helped me stay sane during this time is giving back and being more involved with the house and just doing what I can to help raise awareness. And we've come up with some great social media campaigns together where we did Hope for the House, where people wrote messages on their windows, took photos of them and tagged the house so that the families could see that people were out there still thinking of them because cancer doesn't stop because of a pandemic. No, it doesn't. These kids are still sick. They're still fighting. They're still getting diagnosed every day. So it's been really amazing to help keep them encouraged and keep their spirits up during this time. 
That's awesome. That's great. When I went to Chicago for Labor Day, right after all the riots happened, they actually tried to break into the Ronald McDonald house. I don't know what on earth they were trying to do. So when I went there, the house was actually boarded up. There was boards in the windows where everything was broken. So I just took them some gift certificates and just told them to give them to the families, you know, and let these people know. Whether you're supporting the Ronald or any other charity, Patrick, I know you just had your birthday and you were raising money. I think the most important thing right now is when you have those down times, try and give back to somebody because it really is the soul work and doing those good things that's good for you right now. That's awesome. And right now, during COVID, there are a lot of charities and NGOs out there, non-governmental organizations, nonprofits Mm -hmm. that are having funding cut because of the financial situation that we're in as a country. So there are a lot out there that are starting to scramble and squirm and, and need your support more than ever. And if you have a little bit of time, give your time or if you have a social network, try to do something to raise awareness or or funds or or volunteer or whatever you can do. It's not always about money. Obviously, they need money to stay up. But sometimes it's as simple as just writing some letters to residents of the facility or something like that. Soul work. It's all about the soul work in 2020, in my opinion. The soul work. Ooh, child. Yeah. I was going to ask, what would be the thing that you'd leave all our listeners with? And it's the soul work of 2020. You know, we've all had our hardships this year and we've all had our struggles, every single one of us. So we all really, truly have been in this together. And I think that we just need to look forward to the future and make sure that whatever you're doing with yourself and those around you, that, you know, it's just spreading that awareness and happiness and calmness and just putting good in the universe. And I don't know. (laughs) I tell myself every day. (laughs) It's your personal mantra. I like it. So work. It is. Is what I'm doing today going to be good for me and my future in some way? Or is it going to help somebody? You know, those are mm-hmm. the questions. Awesome. I think that's good. <laughs> what do you think, Patrick? That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. And uh, Thank you. Thank you to all our listeners out there for this awesome episode. Thank you guys for doing this and for being a voice and creating these awesome conversations. You guys should be proud of yourselves and what you're putting out there right now. Oh, thank you. Lauren. You're welcome. Thank you for having I, it's me. It's a lot of work working with Patrick, but I am proud. You know, I can imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see people? You see? You see? <laughs> well, do you join us for Paprika? It's our favorite segment. Okay, what's Paprika? Oh, you just sit right back and find out. <laughs> First, I want to say, Patrick, yes. share a fun story, please. Okay. <laughs> he just flipped me off, listeners. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yep, he you. really did. So, yes, this segment is about nothing and has every single week been a Debbie Downer. So, I, I have that. not. Last time I was talking about what you're thankful for for Thanksgiving. I mean, come on. It's positive. <laughs> I just got flipped off, everybody. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> I'm sitting here sipping my tea. So, Lauren, why don't we start with you? This is a segment that you can share anything. It doesn't have to be industry related. It can be whatever you want to talk about. What's been on your mind? I will talk about the most random thing that happened to me in 2020. Oh, please do. Yeah. I was stuck in Chicago about five years ago for work. There was a snowstorm, got stuck there, connected with this guy on Instagram that was a great photographer. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I'm stuck in the city. Would you like to come out and like link up and we'll go take photos? We weren't able to make it happen, but we just stayed connected over the years. During the pandemic, he was out at the riots and I sent him a message like, oh my God, stay safe. How's everything going? 
He messaged me back, how's New York City? And I said, I'm actually in Seattle. And he said, no way, I'm going to be in Seattle on Friday with six of my friends. I was like, shut up. So him and six of his friends flew out to Seattle. I ended up connecting with them. They're all photographers. They're all like the nicest group of guys. I took them to the rainforest. We went and explored Seattle. Then we all were just connected. And then I went out there to see them for Labor Day in Chicago. They took me around the city and I got connected with Chicago in a way I hadn't been connected before because of them. And then when I was at home in New York City in October, they flew out to New York City and we hung out in the city for four days. That is so awesome. (laughs) Isn't that random? How cool is that? So cool. First of all, I'm going to show my stupidity here. Seattle has rainforests. Seattle has rainforest. The Olympic Peninsula has the whole rainforest. Yes, it is yes. Okay, amazing. okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank God I knew that at least. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know like Twilight? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that was found in Forks. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. That was up there in the Olympic Peninsula. Now, I do have a question. Did you sparkle mm-hmm. like in Twilight? I sparkled. <laughs> I mean, I was hanging out with a group of six cool dudes. I was like, yes. I like, <laughs> up with my family for three months. It was amazing. Hanging <laughs> out with like-minded people that just yeah. wanted to be inspired, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, super random. And now they're my guys. We talk every day and never in a million years would have ever thought that they would have been a contributing factor to me moving to Chicago, that they would help inspire me to push my photography and my blog. Never in a million years would have ever thought that something like that would have happened during this time. If you guys think that I am an outgoing person, <laughs> you have not met anybody until you've met Lauren Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect example of who you are. That was so fun. It's a great yeah, story. Thank you. Thank you. That's my paprika. That's it. So <laughs> Stacy, what's your paprika this week? My paprika is about Thanksgiving. I had a really, really good Thanksgiving. It was weird because I, so everyone knows I cook. I cook, cook. I really cook. And it was only my husband and I. So I was like, well. Don't don't forget to check that Instagram out. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't cook this time. Not, I didn't. I cooked a lot less. So I made lamb chops and mac and cheese and collard greens and stuffing Mm. and rolls. But the focus of my Thanksgiving was this cheese platter that I wanted to make. And I wanted to make this fancy ass cheese platter and I wanted it to look like show ready. I wanted it to look like what you walk up to on the buffet. And I don't know why this cheese platter was a stress of my life. Girl, I planned everything for two weeks. I have, do I have it here? Drawings of how I wanted this cheese platter to look. I bought crackers and pre-tasted crackers to go with certain cheeses. I went to the cheese section and spoke to a certified cheese specialist. And then I looked up what goes great with cheese. Yeah, you got your grapes and your blueberries, but maybe I'll do some jeweled dates and maybe I'll throw in some candy pecans. And Mm. I ended up having this gorgeous cheese platter with no space for crackers and I forgot the grapes, but it was gorgeous. And I'm very proud of my cheese platter. And that's my story. for you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually sitting here craving cheese. Did you put honey on it? That's the question. I did not because I know, I know I had no room for anything left. I put olives and blueberries. It wasn't really a charcuterie platter because you didn't have meat on it, right? I did have meat. 
So would you consider? I did prosciutto. So I don't know if you could see. Oh, yeah. I had prosciutto and turkey and tons of blue cheese because I don't eat pork. So I did turkey and turkey pepperoni and grapes and pickles. And oh, I did a dark chocolate with honeycomb in it. Oh, yeah. I had like duck mousse on it. When I saw you posted that photo, I actually didn't realize that you created it yourself. I thought that you ordered from one of those, like that cheese border place, like the one that we did for that wine tasting. Oh. Because it looked so professional. I thought it was literally sent to you. Oh, no. That took me longer than anything else I made on Thanksgiving Day. I planned for this. I woke up. Rocky's all, you excited to make your cheese platter? I'm like, man, you don't even know. I started drinking early and then I had to stop drinking so I could be sober to make the platter. And then, <laughs> so, Listen, yeah. I don't want to say we've all been there, but we've all been there. Been there. <laughs> so that's my, um, that's my paprika. What's yours? My paprika is I recently got obsessed and binge watched a pretty good little Netflix special. And I'm upset because it is a mini series, so I feel like I'm invested oh. in these characters. Have either one of you guys watched The Queen's Gambit? No, not yet. No. Oh, so it is fabulous. I'm waiting till I get home. I'm waiting till I get home. Is it fiction or is it a documentary? What is it? I don't really know, to be honest with you. Okay. But it's funny because my wife's like, so I was telling her last night, I just saw this article about chess and apparently chess sets are up like 25% across the country, but chess books are up 600%. <laughs> and Paige is like, oh my goodness, that many people are reading. And I was like, listen, they probably sold one a year and yeah. now they're selling six a year. Yeah. But out of all seriousness, yeah. she didn't think she was going to like the show because chess and she doesn't know about chess, chess or whatever. But at the same time, the show's, yes, it's all about chess, but it's about these other characters. And, and it is just so good. You should get the twins on chess so that they can become Ooh, chess. you need to do that. They got to pay for college somehow, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my goal with them, synchronized diving. <laughs> it's in the Olympics. <laughs> synchronized diving. They are the same body weight. That's the most important thing about synchronized Ooh. diving. Is he like, that was just their honest response. We're not going to lie. I wish you guys, I wish that you listeners could see this. Both of them went flailing forward in the same direction and it almost hit the floor. (laughs) What? Us were expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about chess. I'm like, I thought you were going to be like football because, you know, your school and yeah. football. Okay. No, cool. Cool. Yeah, Do they um, swim or dive? Yeah, they swim. I mean, you came out of nowhere with that. Not even like they have a passion for it Listen, or something. You're like, I'm going to no, go the, to the pool right but, now. But, <laughs> but these dreams, these dreams of them being in synchronized diving may have been shot already. One of them went out to the pool, went to jump in and said, hey, dad, look, I'm going to dive. He put his hands in the dive thing, kind of like leaned forward a little bit and jumped. But his whole body hit the water feet first at the same position that he was at <laughs> standing on the ground. He didn't kick his legs up to go head first. So he's got the dive position. It's like the Puff Daddy video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jumps right in. <laughs> and I looked right at my wife and I said, oh, there went my dreams of the synchronized diving. So. <laughs> uh, you yeah. guys, we have to post a Diddy video because uh, it's exactly <laughs> He said synchronized diving. We're like. My cheeks hurt. A turd <laughs> oh, that took. 
Uh, that was yeah. a good paprika, Patrick. I mean, I feel like if you would have said like synchronized tap dancing or something, I would have been out shocked. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, I, I could have done anything else. You said diving, and we. <laughs> okay. Um, it's that Florida air, man. <laughs> I feel like I redeemed myself on the downer paprika. You absolutely oh. did. Oh, uh, you. you turned it. Mm-hmm. Nobody was ready. So good job, Patrick. You did good. good. Job. All right. So that does it for today. Right before we go, Lauren, how do we get a hold of you? How do our listeners get a hold of you if they want to reach out? You can follow me on Instagram at LG Entertain. You can always email me at lgoldberg at rentfurniture.com. That's pretty much it. Awesome. And AFR is doing good things. They're always been, yes. you, we always love and respect AFR. Well, we love and respect our clients and anybody out there miss, like listening, we miss you guys and we can't wait till we're all back in it together for sure. Or maybe we can do this again once we're all back and running. Then we'll actually be able to see what's really going on out there. It's so much unknown. You're just planning for so the much. unknown right now. Mm-hmm. So everybody's a student. <laughs> yeah. None of us have a crystal ball. No. Except for those that's predicting that their children are going to be synchronized divers. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing before we're done, everybody. This whole episode, Stacey's been cracking me up because she has a halo above her. <laughs> like literally when she's like moving fast. Oh man, she's tripping <laughs> me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, my yeah. new favorite zoom filter. I'm going to use the halo for everything because if you guys didn't know, I am an innocent baby angel. Oh goodness. That's uh, when you know they're lying. Wait, what? <laughs> I think all the listeners could hear right through that. I nobody <laughs> hears right through the truth. <laughs> Why did you laugh? So hard? Hey, and I like that Santa sweater. Oh my black uh, Santa! Black Santa oh, out. Tis Hi. the season for black Santa. Tis the season. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right, guys. You guys are fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Peace out, Cubs Scout. Yeah, there you go. She said it. All right, bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. <laughs> produced by Patrick Brochu and Stacey Ann Banhorn Doria, sound editing by Rocky Doria, and song by Dr. Delight. Okay, I gotta go pick up the kids. Um, but listen, I just need you for two seconds. I, you probably have two minutes before your oh, meeting. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Stop, stop recording. Stop. Hold on and stop. Okay. Okay, so... Oh, hold on. Oh. It says it's still recording.